0: Do you know that from your position, you can change your situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shedon Mubaje as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. month of um, September, this very month. Um, in line with that, for our Bible studies, we'll be taking or discussing or sharing on the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. <laughs> the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. The ministry of the word of God. Now, first and foremost, it is important for us to know that the Word of God is the substance of God's kingdom. The Word of God is the substance of the kingdom of God. everything that we do in God's kingdom hinges on the Word. Everything that we do in the kingdom of God revolves around the Word of God. The Word of God is the substance of of God's kingdom. The Bible tells us in John chapter 5 and verse 39, the master himself speaking, he said, you search the scriptures. He says, in them you think you have eternal life, but these are the things that testify of me. They testify of me, the master said. So they testify of Jesus, the anointed one, the scriptures. Everything that has been written in the law, in the prophets, and in the Psalms, they testify of Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. The gospel is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the flesh, in the body. And then we have the epistles is the revelation of Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Hallelujah. So we see the law, the prophets, and Psalms, and then the gospel. And then we have the epistles. They all testify of Jesus, the anointed one. So the word of God is the substance of God's kingdom. Everything we do revolves around the word of God. And don't forget that Jesus himself is the living word, right? Who is the living word? Jesus, the anointed one. Gospel according to St. John chapter 1 and verse 1. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was with God in the beginning all things were made by him and there was nothing that was made that was made without him and then if you jump to verse 14 it says the same word that was in the beginning by whom all things were made was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Glory to God. So that the word of God, that's Jesus, the anointed one, is the substance of God's kingdom. For all the scriptures testify of him. So when we talk about the word, the word is actually everything that we live for in the kingdom of God. Praise God. Everything that we live for in God's kingdom. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 that we were born of that incorruptible seed of God's word. We were born again of the word of God. Praise the Lord. That means our life in Christ began by God's word. And then again, the Bible tells us that the life that we have in Christ is sustained by the word of God. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall men live by. That means we are sustained by the word of God. We are sustained by the word of God. Born of God's word, sustained by God's word. Glory to God. So you see that the kingdom of God is all about God's word. Someone says, well, what about the spirit of God? The Spirit of God has a specific ministry to reveal the Word of God to us. Can someone say amen to that? Yes. His ministry is to reveal God's Word to us, to bring us into the revelation of the Word of God. In Gospel according to St. John, chapter 16, if you start the reading from verse 13, it says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. What's the ministry... Of the spirit of truth to guide us into come on all truth John chapter 17 and verse 17 says sanctify them through thy truth Thy word is truth so the Spirit of God guides us into the Word he reveals the Word of God to us that's his ministry so everything that we do in God's kingdom is hinged centered and focused on the Word and that's why it is important when you come to church, you watch out for the word. Amen. You must go home with the word because it is the word of God that builds us up. Don't forget, we're born of God's word and then we are sustained by the word of God. Remember Acts of the Apostles chapter 20. you start reading from verse 32. Paul commended the brethren at Ephesus to God and to the word of his grace, which is a book to build us up and give us an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified. So the Word of God is able to build us up. In fact, we are built up by the Word. Glory to God. We are built up by what? The Word. As the Word of God is revealed to us and as we feed upon God's Word, we are built up. When you talk about uh, spiritual maturity, what is it all about? Spiritual maturity is actually... Um, a state of having learned the word and having received the word and having been developed by the Word of God, such that your spiritual senses have been exercised to design correctly. That's spiritual maturity. It's by the word. Say the word of God. Uh-huh? It's by God's word. So everything we do in God's kingdom. We do by the word of God. And don't forget that the word of God is God's way of living. God's word is God's way of living. That means God has his own way of doing things and he has his way of living. And he has called us to fellowship with him. Praise the Lord. Uh huh. God's way of living, God's way of doing things is the word. And he's called us to fellowship with him. First John chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible tells us that our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So God has called us to fellowship with him. If you go to verse 7 of that book of First John, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, who is in the light? God is in the light. Glory to God. It says to walk in the light. What's the light? Amen. Come on, what is the light? The Word. The entrance of that Word, it says, gives what? Light. And it gives understanding to the simple. It gives understanding to the simple. So, the Word of God is our light. We live by the Word. We walk by the Word. And it says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Did you see that? So, the word of God is our life. We have been given God's word to live by. Amen? We live by the word. We live by the word. Now, come quickly to Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1. I'd like for us to read verse 4 very quickly. Now, speaking about the word that was in the beginning, which was with with the Father, and by whom all things were made, it says, In him, in the word, was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, jump to verse 9. Verse 9. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Did you see that? So that means man, the man in Christ, is meant to live by the word. That's our true light. We live by what the word of God tells us. We live by what the word of God says. We were born of God's word. We are sustained by God's word. We live by God's word. We take to the instructions of God's word. So our life, everything about the new man is centered on God's word. Praise the Lord. We are built up by the word. (laughs) Faith life is not possible without God's Word. You remember Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And then he says, we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1 and verse 17. The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. We live by faith. And the Bible tells us that we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. We walk by faith. And that faith by which we live and by which we walk comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so you see everything we do in god's kingdom is centered around god's word without faith we can't please god without faith you can't have your answers i mean your prayers answered without faith you can't walk you can't make progress in the things of god without faith you can't stand you say by faith we stand glory to god Uh and that faith comes by the word of god and that's why it is very important for every child of God to give good and uttermost attention to God's word. It's very important. Proverbs chapter four and verse 20, very, very important. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sins. Don't let them depart from thine eyes. Keep them where? Come on, where do we keep the word? Come on, where do we keep the word? Alright, whatever you keep in your heart is safe. True? You can't lose it. So he says, let them not depart from thine eyes. That means make the word your focus. He says, now keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So when the word of God is found, it is life to us. We live by God's word. True? Perfect. We live by the word. He says, it is my pay to all our flesh. Medicine. Medicine. That means the word of God gives us vitality. Now this is how I know a believer who is serious with God and the things of God. you give attention to the word. Amen. If you want to do anything, this is what comes to mind. What has God's word say said, rather, about this thing? What has God's word said? What has God said? What is the instruction here? Praise the Lord. Uh-huh? That's a word person. And then you get into God's word and meditate upon the word of God. And as you meditate upon God's word, you will see what the spirit of God is saying to you. In fact, that's how to succeed in, the, in our walk with God. The Christian life is made a huge success as we live by the word. You know, you remember after the death of Moses, what did God tell Joshua, who was to step into the shoes of Moses? What did he tell him? He says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy, <clears throat> but thou shalt meditate upon it how often? Day and night. Did you see that? Give attention to God's word. All right? Most of the mistakes we make in life, all right, are errors or slips, all right, that happen as a result of not giving heed to the word of God. Amen? If you read the word, the Bible tells us how to deal with our wives. True? And uh, our wives... How to handle your husbands. <laughs> children, how to respond to your parents. Is there in the word. Parents, how to respond to your children. Everything is there in the word of God. So we have to give heed to that word until the day dawn and the day star rises in our heart. That's, that's, that's the way to live. We give heed to the word. And listen very carefully. There is no one who gives solid heed to God's word as a Christian. Who doesn't do well in life? Amen? Praise God. The word of God has taught us to prosper. So, I want to prosper. I give heed to God's word. What has God's word said? Not, I don't feel like doing this. This is not what I feel like. Don't go by feelings. Go by what God's word has said to you. Amen? And as we give heed to God's word, man, the spirit of God will have things to do with us. Because he has business with the word. Amen. He's the spirit of truth and he has business with the truth. So when you get busy with the truth, the spirit of truth will have something to do with you. Can someone say amen to that? Uh-huh. It will teach you. He will. Note what the master said in um, Gospel according to St. John chapter 14. If we start reading from verse 26. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you. Come on, how many things. All things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, what has he said unto us? Is, not, is that not the word? He will bring to your remembrance the word. What I have said unto you. That's his ministry. So when you give heed to what he has said unto you, the Spirit of God will teach you and bring those things to your remembrance. He will teach you all things. All things that Jesus has said to us. He will teach those things to us, give understanding to us as we meditate on the word. So, it is very important to give heed to God's word. Amen? Very, very important. Have you noticed that everybody, almost everybody, if not everybody, in fact, everybody, everybody meditates on something. Not everybody meditates on the word, but everybody meditates on something because the mind must get busy with something. True? Uh-huh. Some may meditate on how that they don't have money and they may never have it. And some may meditate on how people don't like them and they may never like them. Some may meditate on the hardship around them and how they may not survive it. Amen. While others meditate on junk, how the world has become worldly and they wouldn't mind to, to, to join in. Amen. Others meditate on the word. And listen very carefully. The system of this world has been designed to make you to think on something. True? Uh-huh. Go on Facebook. you see what people post there. Praise the Lord. And if your friends are ungodly friends on Facebook, you know what I mean. So just get ready to meditate on ungodly things. All right, you just feel like, hey, can this be true? <laughs> can it be true? Can this be true? You click on it and you are somewhere. And then another place. A step at a time. And then you get to a place and you feel like, wow, how did I get here? It was the first click that brought you there. <laughs> so just unclick and go back to where it started from. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, television, magazines. There are things, you know, and if you look at the young people, young people today, um, between the age of uh, nine, all right, and 12, people in this generation are already actively and hyperactive sexually. Why? The things we see, true? Uh Some few years ago, there were no... You know, there wasn't anything like Facebook and social media. True? uh uh-huh. You saw that that generation was more sane. Why? They didn't feed on junks. All right? You know, Bishop Franz Waloke was sharing a testimony how that when he was growing up in his village, that people who sold foodstuff then would put the foodstuff there and then put stones maybe three shillings or, you know, pence, whatever it is, they just put stones there to tell you the amount of money and leave. And people will come, drop the money there, all right, take the food stuff and go home, all right? And people will pass by, passers-by will pass by and look at the money and, and still go their way without being tempted to say, <laughs> I must steal that. It was strange to, to steal then. <laughs> you don't try that now now someone says ah what happened knowledge has multiplied All right, but what kind of knowledge the knowledge of good and evil amen but you can feed on the tree of life amen Jesus said in John 6 and verse 63 it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing the words that I speak unto you they are what spirit and they are life so you you can meditate on life glory to God yeah just life just life, all right? Just life. There are some restaurants, you know, abroad. They just do just juice, all right? Just vegetables, all right? Just cereals. Praise God. Uh-huh. Just life. You don't have to add death to it. Just life. Their spirit and their life. Glory to God. Spirit and their life. Because of what we feed on. And that's why, sincerely speaking, in our generation today, if a young man will be very strong in his calling, all right, <laughs> it takes some discipline. True? Then, you know, discipline was part of life. You learned it at home. Now, it's an extra work. Maybe you have to get a mentor to discipline you. A mentor you have to be mentored to be disciplined. True? Huh? And if there are things that fight against the prosperity of a man, there are, these are the works of the flesh, lusts, the things that war against the soul. And if you have things, you know, constricting on your soul and, you know, causing your soul to shrink over and over again, that man may never prosper because... Your, your prosperity is actually dependent on the prosperity of your soul true? I desire above all things that thou mayest prosper and be health even as even as so if the soul of a man is not prospering you are under the siege of lusts amen Watch such a person may not prosper because you see the energy with which to make progress is used to undo what has been done by the wicked plus one minus one is what? Hello, plus one minus one is what? Is zero. And just as sin is abounding in this generation, grace abounds much more. <laughs> There's grace. There's grace to say, in Jesus' name, no, I focus on God's word. Say amen to that. Man, that's grace. So you see, our life must be all about the word. Say all about the word. All right, now, look at what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 20. I want to show you some things there that will bless you tremendously. It says, my son, attend to my words. Did you see that? Incline thine ear unto my saints. Now, wait, can you show it to us or display it in um, the NKJV version? NKJV. All right, it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Did you see that? Give attention to my words. Now, who is to give attention here? Come on, talk to me. Who is to give attention? All right. Now, listen very carefully. The best way to do things over and over again without breaking the sequence of them is to have a routine. It is not religious to have a routine. If you think it's religious, stop eating breakfast. All right, stop eating lunch and stop eating dinner. That I don't want to be religious. All right, you will lose weight immediately. Hello, that's not religion. Hello, I said that's not religion. To have a schedule that guides your life so that you can do the things that are edifying over and over again, all right, is not religion. How many of us here sincerely have the time that we meditate in the Word? All right. You ask some people. All right. How many of us eat breakfast regularly? You see, hands up. Lunch. Ah, ha, ha. Someone will say, well, I may not eat lunch, but that breakfast. <laughs> Someone will say, I don't like eating breakfast. But lunch, I don't miss my lunch for anything. Hey, Amen. Amen. And you respect that religiously and it has added weight to you physically speaking. Praise God. Uh-huh. Don't you know that your spirit needs food as well? You need to feed your spirit and have a schedule. Amen. Something that is regular. It's important. You know, and that's why sometimes to help people, they need devotionals amen and then from that devotional you will take off into something deeper someone say no i don't like to use devotionals they are too short i like to eat the word the depth i, I like to just dive in and dive in you all right you dive in once today and in another two weeks you dive in again <laughs> so what happened you know for two weeks what happened No food. Until the man gets to a point, any small thing, he's angry. I don't like people provoking me. There's no spiritual stamina. All right? The spirit of a man will bear the infirmity of his body. All right? Small thing. They tease you, you're angry. Now, ah, look at your beds and all that. Please stop that nonsense. I don't take nonsense (laughs) from anybody. Stop that nonsense. What do you mean by that? He's (laughs) hungry. He's (laughs) hungry. All right. Why? (laughs) You are feeding feeding your body fat. Your spirit is taking nothing. So your body is drawing so much strength from your spirit. Because listen very carefully. All right. If your body is so strong and your spirit cannot carry your body anymore, all right, you fall sick. Because you see, it is the strength within your spirit that carries your body. Hello? Have you noticed that when people are discouraged and flat, they fall sick? True? They may be eating well, but they still fall sick. Because discouragement is a spiritual force. It saps spiritual strength from your spirit. And when the spirit is not strong enough to bear the body, the body falls down. There's, there's nothing the body can do. All right? They take the person to your spirit. Vitamins won't do. won't do the work. Injections won't do the work. For a Christian, get back to the Word. When you start feeding on the Word, boom, boom, sometimes you need an intensive care. They have to carry you to, that's retreat, seven days. All right? And for some who are quite busy, you build retreats into your schedule, two hours daily, three hours daily. Praise God. And I have noticed that when a man is really strong, by the word of God, in his spirit, or her spirit, <laughs> you, you, can, you, can, you can go through any challenge. It does not matter what is coming. You just say, I know, my redeemer liveth. Have you seen people like that? Tough times, glory to God, hallelujah. Jesus is faithful, amen. He, he has never let me down. He won't let me down now, glory to God. And some people just a tip of that challenge. Where is God? Where is God? Is he still on his throne? (laughs) You expect him to change, to move from that place to somewhere else. He's there. He's seated there on his throne. (laughs) We've seen Jesus, the master, stand up. You remember when um, Stephen was being stoned, he saw heavens open, he saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. But the Father had never stood up at all, not even when the devil was causing trouble in heaven. He still sat down. One sitting upon the throne. He's always sitting down. Yeah. Nothing can move him. <laughs> Eternally seated. Amen. So if you're asking, is God still on the throne? Huh? Where else should he be? Amen. <laughs> Get into the word. It's not by human power, it's not by human mind, but by my spirit, see the Lord. The spirit. Ha! Rock of his mouth will sustain you. Praise the Lord. We'll sustain you. Amen. Now, we, we have learned, by God's grace, I started pastoring since 1994. And I have seen this trend. When Christians begin to misbehave, put them on retreat. They'll be fine. I've, it has worked every time. Just put them on retreat. Word. All right, just give them a timetable. Listen to this word, so so time. All right, and then pray in tongues and listen to the word and pray in tongues. They'll be fine. As you're listening to the word of God, there's something about God's word. It will t- the word of God will show you the things that have been causing the problem in your life. As you listen and listen, you, will, oh, okay. It's greed that is the challenge, it's just greed. <laughs> For some, you, you, see, you just hear it. Why? Because the word of God tells us, the word of God will get into the depth of your heart. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, the word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. For the word of God is living and powerful. Can you go back to KJV now? Is quick or living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, come on even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, the one of God will get into the crevices and corridors of your heart and will pull out those hidden motives. Why you want to do what you want to do and that thing that is causing trouble. All right? Why you want to do it? He will tell you, the motive is not right. And right there in the place of listening to God's word, the sword of the spirit, all right, with two-edged sword, pa, is cutting it off. There's a surgery done, all right, within your spirit. And it cuts off that, that cancerous growth. Cuts it off from your mind, from the way you think. Amen? No matter the challenge, that a believer may face. If you will give heed to God's word, you'll find a solution to it. That's what I'm saying. You'll find it. It does not matter what it is. You'll find it. Go back to Proverbs 4 and verse 20 quickly. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Who is to give attention to God's words here? Come on. Uh Uh-huh incline your ear unto my saints incline he said incline look at verse 21 quickly let them not depart from thine eyes keep them where in the midst of thine heart for their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh amen someone just bought a new car or a new dress and you're not comfortable anymore you need retreat. Just simple. Let's get into the word. Why shouldn't you be comfortable? Why? Why? The same Lord is rich unto all that call upon his name. uh uh-uh. The Bible says we should rejoice with those who rejoice. uh huh. God has not forgotten you. uh huh. You are the apple of his eye. He is mindful of you. So why should you feel terrible? Because someone else is prospering beside you. Amen. You deal with that. It does not matter the situation. If you give heed to God's word, I tell you, that situation will be fixed. It will be fixed. Glory to God. Amen. And you see, in any church where people don't give heed to God's word, hey, the pastor, pastorate will have a lot of trouble. As you are settling this, you'll be settling another one. Do you know there are churches where people don't sit together? The, the animosity is alive. And they are so angry with one another. Amen? Praise God. Now, if you see someone who comes to church and all he does is he analyzes the sermon, he criticizes this person, all right, is a sign or symptom of kwashoko, spiritual quashoko, sincerely. All right, the person has been eating carbohydrate alone. There's no balanced diet. <laughs> when you get into the word, hello, you'll be fine. Come on, I said, you'll be fine. Praise God, you'll be fine. Anytime there's a major problem in the church, even in the early church and the present day church, anytime there was a major problem and there is a major problem in the church, as the case may be, is always lack of adequate knowledge of the word of God. True? Acts of the Apostles chapter 6. You remember at the early church, there was a murmuring between the Grecian widows and the Hebrew widows over daily ministration of food. And the Grecian widows felt like these Jewish people, we don't trust them anymore. <laughs> you know, they want to make Christianity Jewish. We won't take it. We're not, we not going to trust it. See, we won't let a Jew distribute food anymore. We can't trust a Jew. And the Jews said, look, <laughs> you Grecian people, <laughs> we, we don't trust you from here to there. At least we have the fear of God in our hearts. <laughs> you guys, you will finish this thing. We will divide our thing. At least salvation is of the Jews. <laughs> and so there was a serious problem. Excuse me, what was the problem there? Lack of love, work. Love, right? True? Yeah. Amen. And how do we get to walk in love? Amen. Through the word. The word teaches us to walk in love. The word of God. It instructs us, it, it instructs us to tell us that, look, you cannot walk in hatred and enjoy the fullness of God. The word. Look at what the master tells us in um, Gospel according to St. John chapter 14. We we'll start reading here from verse twenty-one. He says, "He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him." Did you see that? Now, what is that commandment? Go to chapter thirteen and verse thirty-four. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love, come on one another as i have loved you that ye also love one another it says by these shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another so what has taught us to love one another come on the word is the word of god that brings the light of love and the appreciation all right of love in our midst when people begin to appreciate love that love is important it's the word. They have, been, they have been enlightened by the word of God. <laughs> Amen. I remember there was a beloved one who was sharing the testimony of, wasn't a good one anyway, about something that happened in their church. I said, wow, that happened? He said, it happened. Amen. They brought out, they came with knives to church. <laughs> He was serious. And they were hunting themselves. People were escaping through the window. (laughs) Now, hey, what is this? The police had to come to their rescue. They had to shut down the church for some years. Yeah. I won't mention the denomination, but they had to shut down the church. Now, what happened? All right, they just, this group said, Mm-mm, that's your own. I said, no, that, that's your own too. Won't take that. And the animosity grew, all right, and grew, and grew until they could not handle it anymore. All right, but where the word of God lives in the hearts of people, if you say this, and they say, okay, if you have chosen to go that way, God bless you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says the man of God must not strive, He must be gentle unto all, apt to teach, So, If the pastor of any church will have peace of mind and you don't want to die before your time, teach the word. Teach the word or else they will, the church, they will bother you. Eh? Amen. Pastor, pastor, I saw cockroach at my doorstep. I saw cockroach. <laughs> I'm coming now to kill it. In Jesus' name, I'm coming to kill it. <laughs> Another one said, "Pastor, Pastor, I saw frog." <laughs> pastor, as I came out of our sitting room, I saw the cobweb. Say, so wait, wait, wait! It's a special prayer that we must render. <laughs> You need Jethro to cancel you. (laughs) To tell you, you you, you want to live long? Give them the word and leave them to live by the word. Where a pastor is needed is when the matter is sensitive. Uh Uh-huh. And then you need strategic counseling. That's all. But where people are taught the word, all right, if you see cockroach, what do you do? Uh Uh-huh. And if you perceive it's it's something strange, what do you do? You know the name of Jesus has been given to you. Eh? Say, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus Christ. All right? And then what do you do thereafter? Step on it and move on. See? Because you've been correctly taught the word. So it's so important for us to give attention to the word. Can someone say amen to that? Very important. Give honest heed to the word of God in our lives. It's very important. Now, let's, let's move on. Having stressed or established the importance of giving heed to God's word, what then is the word? Let's look at the definition of the word. First, we're going to look at what the Word of God is not. And then we come to what it is. Number one, the Word of God is not language. The Word of God is not language. First Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 4. This is... Is Paul speaking here about the Spirit of God. He says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with the enticing words of man's wisdom. I came demonstrating the spirit and of the power of God that your faith may not be founded on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Praise God. So what did he preach to them? Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. He preached the word of God's power. Now, you can speak God's word in Greek or German or English language or Yoruba or Igbo. All right, but the word of God is much more than the language. The language is actually the vessel that communicates the word. What's the word? John chapter 6 and verse 63. The Bible tells us here, Jesus speaking, he says, It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are, come on, Hebrew and Greek. No, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Life. So that means through the vessel of language, we communicate the spirit of God's word. Say the spirit of God's word. One more time, say the spirit of God's word. All right. So the word of God is not language. And that's why you don't have to be able to speak Queen's English, all right, to be able to speak the word. As good as it is to know how to at least find your way around words. But it is important for you to know that God's word is not the enticing words of man's wisdom. God's word is power. God's word is spirit. God's word is life. Let's not say life. One more time. Say life. In fact, if you ask any Hebrew man, what is the word of God? All right? They will tell you it's the breath of God. That means the breath that comes out of his mouth. Ruach. All right, in Greek, pneuma, spirit. That the spirit of his mouth is his word. Hello, the spirit of his mouth is his word. He says, the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and stood me on my feet. You see, the spirit of God's word, God's word is spirit. You can use language to transfer and communicate that spirit to people, but the word of God is not language. That's why if you understand Yoruba, you are Yoruba speaking, you can hear someone in Yoruba language and your spirit is leaping. There was the first sermon I heard on prayer that transformed my life on prayer it was preached by um, Baba Badari. I heard it on campus when I was in part one. <clears throat> And he, he, he spoke the word of God in Yoruba language. <laughs> he taught on prayer. Ha! Ah, I was on fire. I didn't know how I carried myself to sports center. I, I didn't know. I can't tell you <laughs> till today. <laughs> I found myself there praying. I just heard words and those words carried me. Did not our heart burn within us when he speak unto us? Amen. That's the word. So when the word of God is spoken, it addresses your spirit, it renews your mind, it energizes you, and it gives you a fresh perspective to life. You begin to see things differently. So when we talk about God's word, it's not just speaking Queen's English and you know, someone who has oratory power and who can talk very well and is just wrapping people up and using rhymes the conjunction of the injunction is a destruction of the satisfaction you know and then people say hey 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 the word of god is more than that if you are using rhymes just make sure you are speaking the spirit of god's word <clears throat> amen the word of God is not human philosophy. It is not. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, God's word is not human philosophy. It is not. He says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I said, praise the Lord. You know, there are times people teach the word of God and they teach it through their culture, their native culture. All right? That's not God's word. It's not God's word. Jesus said to the Jews, he said, By your traditions, you have made of no effect the word of God. That means they had traditions, rudiments of this world that were not fashioned after Christ. And they taught those things as the commandments of men and turned people from the truth. Are we together? And that was not the word. Number three, the word is not traditions of men. It is not. It is not. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1. Then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, verse 2, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Why do you do that? Amen. You know, sometimes people may think the word of God is, is do's and don'ts. Don't eat flour. All right? Wheat flour is not good. It's only corn flour that is good. <clears throat> I don't want to touch some people's um, (laughs) wounds here tonight, amen. (laughs) The Lord is healing your wounds, amen. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) And say, if someone dresses in a particular way, the person is holy. All right? If another person dresses, you know, in another way, the person is unholy. All right? What defines holiness? Hello? What defines holiness? What the Bible teaches is cover your sensitive parts. Period. There are a lot of unholy people in robes. What is going through their, their mind? <laughs> the projector must not show it on the screen. <laughs> ah, you will scream and say, hey, bro, cease." Hey, Amen. Rotten sepulcher. Rotten bones there. In their thoughts. But they look holy on the outward. It's terrible. Look at verse 9 quickly. Matthew 15 and verse 9. But in vain they do worship me. They worship me in what? In vain, the master said. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Praise the Lord. Uh And these commandments turn men from the truth. The reality, <clears throat> praise God, I love to dress well, but don't tell me that until my ear looks like what we accept in a cycle, all right, that, that is, your, that is your, uh, your gift to God, is a sacrifice, all right, who do you take God for? taking the sacrifices of people's ears and if your ear is bare, say mm, mm, holy holy holy, dear sister and if your ear you know, for some it must not be too long it's moderation, let your moderation be known unto all men <laughs> the Lord is at hand <laughs> so their own is don't mind those people that are not using it at all Don't mind them. We will use small, small, you know. I remember when we were on campus, we saw all sorts. All right. There's a fellowship. I won't mention names. All right. Because this message is is going places. (laughs) There's a fellowship. What's an extreme one? Those ones, they are very holy. And they are the only ones going to to heaven. uh, Going to heaven. They are going there. And the gate of heaven is wide open in their direction. Just going. The other ones, they are are in between holy and not too holy. All right, those ones, it's another fellowship. I won't mention names. Their own is small. Peep, peep. Just small. If it's too big, that's unholiness. (laughs) It has to be very small. All right. Then there's another one. Those ones, theirs are quite big. All right? Praise the Lord. And then we we had two sects. We had the liberal and the conservatives. The liberal are those that they can do and undo. All right? Some will wear pants to church. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other ones are pants to church. Ah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Hey! Please come for our souls. This, this, come for our souls quickly. Ah, Jesus. And by God's grace, I was privileged to coordinate you know, the very conservative and The ones that are in between. And then the liberals will not fellowship with us. They will not fellowship with us. We did not understand grace. We didn't understand it. All right? They did not understand moderation and holiness. So we disagreed. (laughs) <laughs> so I was in between, you know, bringing them together in fellowship. Praise the Lord. And I learned a simple lesson doing that. Praise God. <laughs> there is liberty to look good and wear what you desire, all right, in Christ. But the liberty must not be used to cause other people Offend hello. So, if you're dressing, dress well in this church. Nobody will tell you, wear this, don't wear this, wear this one, wear that one, and all that. Mm -mm. Except we are going to places and we know that we may offend them. And for the gospel, the souls of men are too precious. You can't say because of your trousers, you offend the soul to hell, trousers and soul. Can you put them on the same scale? So we we'll tell our sisters, wear your to and make them very long. <laughs> and then cover your hair, make, make your hair, don't, don't let the thing come out. All right? Because when they sit, ah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> And so we we'll preach the everlasting gospel and people are saved. Glory to God. <laughs> All right, when you come in, it's not hypocrisy. Hello, I say it's not hypocrisy. It is called understanding in love. You know what you are doing. I remember when we I was seven in Crossover State as a youth corps member. We went for rural rugged evangelism, and our sisters were dressed. And some of them said, "No, nobody can tell me." I said, "Look, listen, beloved. All right, you wear skirts, or else you will not follow us. All right? Now, these people are not saved, but they are very religious. Have you met people like that? They are not born again. Oh, no. they are far from the kingdom of God, but they are very religious." They know what you should wear, apart from what you must not wear. They can tell you how you should practice your faith in the Lord. But they do not have faith in them. So I told our sisters, let's dress well. And one of them was angry. All right. No, nobody can restrict my liberty in Christ. My liberty in Christ. I said, all right, so you stay in the city here and be liberal, be free. Said, <laughs> so, But I want to preach the gospel. Mm-mm. You can't go there this way. Amen. Come on, I said amen. amen. And then we were well dressed and people got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we came back to the city in Calabar. Praise God. And our ladies were dressed well again and, you know, and they were looking bright and sharp. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, we have become everything, all things to all men, that we may save some. Of course, not all, some. Hallelujah. You can see how the word of God can transform you and you have a large heart. All right? You are not a critic. You are a lover of Jesus. And you have rounded understanding of the things of God. Because the word of God lives in you. Amen. So you see the word is not tradition. Hello. It is not a tradition of men. It is not. It cannot be. And lastly the word is not a commandment of men. The word is not the commandment of men. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 14, Titus 1 and verse 14, Paul wrote to Titus, his son in the faith, and said, Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Commandments of men. Commandments of men. If you eat only carrots regularly, you will see visions. Which one? Is it? Is it vitamin A vision or, or spiritual vision? Commandments of men that turn away from the truth. Amen. And they just restrict the lives of men in bondage just because they want them to feel holy and feel accepted with God. And acceptance with God does not come that way. Praise the Lord. It comes by the shed blood of Jesus, the anointed one. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. When you got born again, you were accepted in the beloved. God is not trying to accept you. Amen? So you have been accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. Who is the beloved? Jesus, the beloved. So you are... You have been accepted as much as he, Jesus, is accepted with the Father. Glory to God. Amen. It is not when you remove something or look somehow that you will now have acceptance with Jesus. No, you have acceptance with your denomination. With your denomination. All right? If you're born again, Jesus does not have any issue. See, listen... Your ears may be bare. All right? You may not comb your hair. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the glorified body. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So far you're born again. Born again. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Oh, all things are passed away. I'm born again. (laughs) More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. Oh, yes, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Sing it one more time. Oh, yes, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man, brand new man All things are passed away I'm born again, born again More than a conqueror That's who I am, that's who I am I'm a new creation I'm a brand new man Hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. (laughs) I remember a senior minister in the gospel was sharing his testimony with me. Himself and the wife relocated to the United Kingdom from Nigeria. They were in Eloring. He was lecturing, and then he got a scholarship to study abroad for his PhD. So took the family along, everybody. In the UK, and it was winter time. They were in a denomination, I won't mention the name. Very religious. All right. The woman had been bragging. Me? Mm. I will never choco to. Eh. Trousers? Never. Jesus Christ will not allow it. Eh. <laughs> and then winter, winter came. <laughs> and she was in like this. The husband said, this geographical gospel that you, that you have believed in, you better change your mind. Believe in the universal gospel. <laughs> the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. She said, no way. Ah, no way. <laughs> He's a pastor very close. No way. Mm, ah, No way. I can't desecrate myself. When it became very intense, the heating in the house wasn't getting the job done. She now asks the husband, Darling, what do I do now? <laughs> Darling said, Well, what is the Lord telling you to do? <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I may help her together with your joy. She so said, The Lord is telling me. To apply wisdom. <laughs> wisdom is profitable to Please just follow what the Lord is saying to you. <laughs> she shared the testimony with my wife. She she had to wear, she didn't wear one, she wore three. <laughs> she was so unholy that she wore three. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm blessed. <laughs> so if you, if you, if you don't wait, no, no problem. Just remain in Africa. And if God is sending you to Canada, the northern part of Canada, you will not, never, me, no way. See, so understand what God's word is apart from what it is not. Very quickly, what then is the word? From scriptures, it is clear what the word of God is. Gospel according to St. John chapter 1 and verse 1. If you read the first three verses, all right, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God The same was in the beginning with God All things were made by him And without him was not anything made that was made Now jump to verse 4, 14 And the word was made flesh And dwelt among us And we beheld his glory The glory as of the only begotten of the father Full of grace and truth Look at verse 15 quickly. John bear witness of him. Him. And cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received, what? Grace for grace. Verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by So, the hymn there, who is the hymn there? That's the word, and that's Jesus Christ. It's simple. So, what then is the word? The word is Jesus, the anointed one. Anything that is said by way of teaching or preaching the word that does not substantiate the person of Jesus, the anointed one, is not the word. It's simple. Whatever is said or preached or taught must substantiate the person of Jesus, the anointed one. Because he is the living word. Must substantiate who he is to us, what he has done for us in his substitutionary work for man on the cross of Calvary. Must substantiate what he has concluded for us in Christ and what he is doing in us by his spirit. To deliver into our hands the things that he died for. Amen. And then bringing us to the knowledge of him, which is ultimately the knowledge of the father. That's the word. So that means Jesus who died for our sins, hello, who died for our sins to forgive us of our sins. And to redeem us from the power of our sins, cannot condemn us. Hello? He can correct us, He can rebuke us, but He never condemns us. Why? Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So th- there's no condemnation. He does not condemn you and make you feel terrible and unacceptable and unworthy now. Now, if you have come to know Jesus personally, you will know the word when you hear it. All right? You remember the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery? You remember? And then the people took stones They wanted to stone her to death, but they wanted Jesus' consent. What do we do? Moses said, we should stone her to death. What did Jesus say? Jesus did not say, don't mind Moses. Because the soul that sinneth shall what? Die. But Jesus is our life, not our death. Amen? He is the resurrection and the life. He died for us to be our life. So by him we live. Hello? Uh Uh-huh. So Jesus stooped and was writing on the ground. And the wisdom of God spoke to him. Tell them, whosoever has not done anything sinful at all in his entire life should be the first person to cast stone on her. And he spoke, please anybody who has not done anything at all wrong, be the first person. <laughs> and he immediately said that people started to be like, ah, I lied yesterday. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> in fact, one said in his heart, I committed for the kitchen, but I mean, adultery, but my own was done behind the scene. And, bah, he started dropping the stones and disappeared. And then he lifted up his head and said, woman, where are your accusers? He said, there are no more. They have gone. Neither do I condemn you. All right. Go and continue to sin. No. Go and sin no more. You can see justification, amen, by faith and trust in Jesus that frees you from the guilt of sin and condemnation of sin and Empowers you to live above sin. Hello? That's what Jesus offers. And that's the word. Come on, I said that's the word. You may bring it from Genesis. You may bring it from Leviticus. You may bring it from whatever or wherever you want to bring it in the scriptures. The word of God will always substantiate Jesus, the anointed one. And all he is to us, all he has done for us, how he took our place, how he has broken the power of sin over our lives, and how that we can embrace his grace and live above sin. For we're not under the law, but under grace. Therefore, sin shall no more have what? Dominion over us. That's that's the word. Now, when the word says, word in quote now, says, your sins have been forgiven you, so continue to sin. That's not the word. Hello? The word says, your sins have been forgiven you, and there's grace to live above them. Hello? Because Jesus did not come to die for our sins, for our sins to be forgiven, So that when we commit more sins, he will come again and keep dying and dying and dying. Mm -mm, He died once. One sacrifice. Amen. And there was a lasting solution to sin. Permanent solution to sin. And that's what the message of grace offers us. Can someone say amen to that? It is a message that does not condemn us, yet does not leave us the same. Did you see that? It changes us. Neither do I condemn you. Go and what? Sin no more. By that word, ha, go and sin no more. She believed. And there was no record thereafter that the woman sinned. She could not commit adultery anymore. Number one, the love of God was too much on her. She couldn't recover from that love. You mean I was caught in the very act of adultery and you forgive me? What? What? Hey, that marked her mind permanently. She could not recover from it. And then go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Kept ringing in her mind. And the power of God was released through that utterance. Go and sin no more. She was empowered to live above sin by the utterance of the word of his grace. That's, that's, that's the message. It doesn't say, well, <clears throat> the power of poverty has been broken up over you, all right? You say, amen, amen. Well, how, how do I work in wealth and meet my needs and be able to help other people? All right, don't worry about that. You know, it's just been broken. That's not complete. It tells you what has been done for you, and then it shows you how to connect that grace. You see, Neither do I condemn you. Not full stop. Colon. Excuse me. Go and what? Sin no more. Now, neither do I condemn you, all right, was a means to an end. What was the end? Go and sin no more. So if you understand Jesus very well, and you hear an incomplete message of grace you can tell. This one is not complete. That's not the word. <clears throat> the Jesus I know has complete head. Amen. <clears throat> Full-stretched neck, complete arms. All right? Body, legs. Praise the Lord. It's not a limping Jesus. So the word is complete. Can someone say amen to that? Right. That's what the word is. Hallelujah. Come on, have you been blessed today? All right. If you have been blessed, wave your hand, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. We'll continue next week by the grace of God. Rise to your feet and shout hallelujah. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shagul Badger Teaching Ministries on plus two three four seven zero six six four five three one two two or plus two three four eight zero six zero one Triple Zero nine three. Stay blessed.